that generates just so much more insight and progress and skill and knowledge. A person who does that is probably far more interesting to network with or to answer questions or to ask questions. Once upon a time, there were tens of thousands of makers struggling. Every day, they built for hours and hours but didn't ship and didn't earn enough income. One day, the No Code Wealth podcast and newsletter came to help them find the way. Because of this, makers became founders and earned the money they deserve. Because of this, founders can have growth, freedom, and wealth until tomorrow no code becomes the next big skill that changes the future of humanity. That's what I'm all about. Hello, my name is Abdulaziz and from being a poor boy born to a single mother in North Africa with no money, no connections, only hard work, grit and persistence to becoming an ethical hacker, then a European Ivy League business graduate with a master's of science in entrepreneurship, to a hypnotherapist, to a growth marketer. Still, I've lost everything twice, but I refuse to give up. So now I'm rebuilding my life one more time, 1% a day. The No Code Wealth podcast and newsletter are for the makers and founders who have the proactivity, perspective, and persistence to go on this journey with me and get the answers about money, marketing, and mindsets. With more than 100 valuable episodes with previous guests on this podcast from the Forbes Technology Council, Google Executives, Amazon, Microsoft, the LinkedIn Executive C-Suite, and other Fortune 100 corporations, Financial Times reporters, members of the American Councils for International Education, as well as great people from Harvard University, Cambridge, Columbia University, as well as international best-selling published authors from London to New York, winners of the Rolls-Royce Challenge, decorated army officers, congressional candidates, and people from the Vatican Holy See, or just beginner makers wishing to make a difference in this world. I honor and share their voices within the community as well. The goal is so that makers become earners earners become founders, and founders get freedom and create wealth. And I thank you all so much for the support. This podcast now is ranking very nicely on Apple in the entrepreneurship category, top 200 in San Francisco, top 100 in Australia, top 100 in Singapore, top 60 in Germany, top 50 in Canada, top 50 in the UK, top 50 in Spain, top 50 in the Netherlands, top 30 in Sweden, top 25 in Italy, and top 20 in Israel. Thank you. And I have set a challenge to publish 200 interviews in 90 days on both my podcasts, and we're already past 200. So please share this podcast with one new person today. Even if one new person benefits, that makes all the efforts worth it. And if you are interested in my podcast, mentoring services or marketing mentoring services to help with your business success as well as your podcasting success finding your podcast uniqueness reaching out to great guests getting ranked on apple conducting interesting interviews podcast growth and much more send me an email to mentor at storybonding.com or a message on twitter no code wealth and let's begin a conversation my guest today is Luc Mayer from Amsterdam University of Applied Sciences to Green Home to being the Director of Education at BIT, then a Teaching Assistance Manager at Wink Academy. Luc is a tech education enthusiast, one of the most structured and analytical people you can ever know. He loves no code, visual development, and Notion when he's not working developing at launch dev or writing content for minimum studio for people who like to move fast luke can be found either meditating doing yoga 
or having a warm conversation during a long walk there in Holland. Luke, how are you today? I'm doing great. Thank you so much. I am excited, happy, Look, have been looking forward to this episode. And so to begin, on a more personal level, Luke, these days, this month, this period of time, what seems to be the thought that returns to your head again and again? Maybe something you're trying to improve, something you're trying to change, to understand, to reflect on, that you can share today? Hmm, that's a good question. A very recent one has been how I use Twitter and social media in general. I've come to explain to those closest to me that have probably uh, already forgotten about Twitter. I mean, they're not necessarily in the in the tech space, so they don't really know Twitter is still a thing. I, I come to explain Twitter as LinkedIn for, for tech people, because uh, LinkedIn is a bit more used here in the Netherlands. But the thing about Twitter is that it's also this slot machine with, with the dopamine and the yada, yada, yada. And I, I noticed that I'm susceptible to that as well. And although I think it's a great platform and I enjoy using it very much, I enjoy using it to connect with people like yourself and help people find the best resources and give them tips to develop software better. I also notice I get addicted to it. Uh, and I don't really like the way that I use uh, I, I use it if without any restraint. So this is a thought that's been returning often to me lately. How can I better optimize my digital life or use digital minimalism to use a a coin termed by, I think, Cal Newport. I love that. I just recently got his book, A World Without Email, or Work Without Email. I'm not really sure, but it's really new. So I'm excited that you're quoting Carl Newport. And if I understood you correctly, you think, or it has been your experience, that Twitter is a gift and a curse. So when people ask you, especially there in the Netherlands where they use more LinkedIn, you tell them that Twitter is LinkedIn for tech people, and you find that it has the benefit of connecting with great people, of exchanging information, help, and allowing and facilitating great things. But it's also like a slot machine that plays tricks on your brain with the dopamine and the notifications and not knowing what will happen next. And that this leads you to an unrestrained use of Twitter, which messes with your productivity and with your brain. And maybe I don't know whether it's like you are like me, but if I respond to too many messages a day, maybe like for a couple of hours, I feel both exhausted and as if I had 10 cups of coffee, so I'm jittery and exhausted (laughs) at the same time. And I don't like that feeling. But is this a correct understanding? Yeah, you, you... That's right. I mean, Twitter is both a gift and a curse. And although I love the platform for some of the things it allows me to do, I can at the same time hate it for some of the, its design flaws, in my opinion. And some of them are understandable. But uh, yeah, I think it's a great platform that I, I really love to use, but Twitter can become its own full-time job. Uh, and I don't, I don't, necessarily want want it to be that way i would like to use it just intermittently automated as much as possible but i'd also like twitter to you know still be human and allow me to connect to like truly connect with with awesome people thank you if i were to dive deeper into my own psyche i will say there is this thing where we feel there is always more to do that even if you do something on Twitter, and yes, you get a nice reaction, and you keep on going, and you get those notifications, etc. But you always feel maybe the next tweet or the next interaction will be the jackpot since you used the slot machine thing. And therefore, anytime you're not using it, you think, well, maybe something big will happen if I used it, and therefore we chase the next, at least for me. It will be like, okay, Mm. maybe something that will totally like make a big difference. Great news or a great new person will just suddenly emerge out of this sea of chaos that is Twitter. And that fear of missing out messes with us too much. But I find that it reduces productivity because if I spend 
two or three hours on Twitter, I cannot focus after that to do the deep work that will truly change my life. And therefore, it's really, really bad, if I might say, because so I try to limit it to the end of the day before sleeping. So if I'm but it, it, it gives me insomnia even afterwards. So it's not yeah. even a good solution. So to yeah. you, though, what negative things happened in your life? Do you feel maybe productivity lowered? Maybe there is a book you wish to read, but you couldn't finish because Twitter was still in the time. <laughs> or what other things was t Twitter reducing from your life that would have been done much better and you would have enjoyed more and had more of if Twitter didn't exist and you got the benefits without doing that work? Mm. Wouldn't that be amazing if the, if the same benefits existed without the downsides of Twitter? You know, I think Twitter... In, in most of the professional things that I do these days, I, I recently quit my job and, and started freelancing. And for all of the projects that I'm currently working on, Twitter has actually played some role uh, in my working together with the people that I currently work together with. So I'm immensely grateful for that. And I recognize that it's Twitter just presents many opportunities, especially right now in the tech space and specifically in the no-code visual dev space. But like you said, it also comes with a couple of things that aren't very useful. I mean, it, it, it distracts uh, oneself. So I'm, I'm currently actually uh, started this week doing a goal or just challenging myself not to use Twitter. And, and I added email as well for bonus points. So I wouldn't be not going to be checking email before lunch. And I'm not going to be using Twitter before 5 p.m. And uh, five minutes Prior to 5 p.m. today, I was like, oh, come on, it's just a couple of minutes. You can do it. We can go. Uh, you can check it now. I mean, five, uh, I mean, 4, 4.55 is almost 5 p.m., right? So I was really tempting myself to check it out, but I'm glad that I didn't. And only checked it out a couple of minutes before we started the podcast, actually. So that's like a couple of hours later still. Uh, and I noticed how much better uh, this is from my mental health. So just using Twitter in a in a structured way, I, I, I schedule my tweets. Uh, scheduling tweets is has been a major like, contribution to to my treat treating Twitter in a more healthy way. I think so. Scheduling my tweets and then just checking my notifications once, maybe twice a day. That's that's far more productive for me to to use Twitter in that way. I like what you're saying. I find it so relatable. Even when you mentioned the email. Uh, when I open my email, there are like 600 plus unresponded emails. And I'm like, no, I won't even Ouch. go there. <laughs> and when I go to LinkedIn, it's like filled with messages and Twitter too. But then I have to play the devil's advocate because what we know about the algorithm, especially for Twitter, there are two things. One, if you're not enough on the platform, the algorithm will downgrade you. So less of your followers will see. So now I'm like increasing your fear of missing out, but we have to discuss it. So we fix it. And the second <laughs> thing, if you're not interacting with people, they will not see your scheduled tweets as often because the algorithm does those two things. The more time you spend it on the slot machine game, the more it will give you some pennies and dollars in order for you to continue wow. playing. And the second I actually thing, did not know that. And the second thing, if you only use it to broadcast rather than to have conversations in the tweets and comments, it will not it will consider you somewhat of a marketer rather than a member of the community. And therefore, it will, over time, even if you have a thousand followers, less percentage of them will see it each time until because it doesn't show all your followers every tweet. That's why no. like some people say, oh, don't tweet storm well actually if you send 10 tweets one after the other not everyone will see them people might see two or three of them that's the reality that there will be the algorithm will put them to different people well knowing these things you didn't know how can we logically find a way to reduce the the twitter usage or mm. okay imagine a world okay please comment on that but imagine a world sure. How can you make your life not need Twitter if you had a magic wand that can give you the results without the tweets? Mm, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna hit the second question first because I think it's just an easy answer. 
I mean, I would just delegate the, the the problem to the companies that created the slot machine. I would just uh, I would I would ban the slot machine model uh, or the or the advertising model. Or I'm not really sure what the root cause is. I mean, I'm not an expert on this, but I would just ban that model and try and have them figure out something that works uh, altruistically. And then, sorry, what was the first question again? I will ask it, but I will give you another devil's advocate answer, which is this. They're only doing what the brain wants. Even before there was uh, IT or computers or anything, people went to the circus to get entertained by all kinds of acrobatic things, and that is Twitter today. So all they're doing is doing what the brain wants, and people don't want to think, even in the times of Henry Ford, he said, thinking is the hardest activity a human being can do. That's why so few people do it. Well, if you ban what they're doing, they will say, that's how the brain works. That's what the people want. The show must go on. If you <laughs> if you thought it's a problem and people thought it's a problem, why didn't they stop using it? They're using it now even more. So what would be your answer to this? Well, I feel like they are exploiting what the brain does and surely not everything is exploiting what the fallacies or the flaws of our brain or bodies are i mean there are certainly products thinkable that are that would seem exclusively well or perhaps there really is no product that is literally exclusively well-intentioned or, or literally has no flaws but for example I'm thinking of a different technology. So I have an Aura Ring, which is one of the better sleep trackers on the market. And sure, you can come up with a, a negative habit or a bad habit where you compulsively check your Aura sleeping data and that actually has a negative impact on your sleep. Uh, sure, that's imaginable. But I think generally, this is a great product. It, t it teaches me more about what my sleep is actually like. And sure, it's still not 100% accurate, probably probably like half uh, half of that but but still it teaches me very valuable information and i've actually improved my sleep quality significantly since since buying this this product so i think there is definitely technology imaginable that that will just help people instead of exploit their bodies and brains now what that looks like for twitter i wouldn't really know but undoubtedly there will be ways to focus on the connective and community aspects of, of Twitter and allow people to do all the great things that it currently allows us to do without all the um, slot machinery of, of, of this product that it currently has. Thank you. Let's do a bit of the five whys and maybe we'll discover gold and strike gold because even to me is personally very, very relevant. So for you, you said the community aspects and all the gold that comes from twitter is valuable but there is it messes with your mental health and brain and me yeah. too and it's really really true what you're saying but to begin why do you use twitter let's not speak about the manipulation that is happening to your <laughs> dopamine system but let's go deeper because sure. you began using it and you still even when you heal your brain after some breaks you return to it because there is a benefit. So let's do the five whys. And this is the first why. Why do you use Twitter? Uh, because it presents opportunities. Okay. Then I won't even ask a why, but what kind of opportunities that you don't get in any other way that Twitter presents to you? Well, it allows me to connect with people that I wouldn't have otherwise easily met. And it allows me to actually interact with them. So I've I've met people that I, I I wouldn't even know where I could have found them otherwise, uh, like you for example. Uh, we've connected through Twitter, and I didn't know you beforehand, but this has turned out to be an amazing conversation so far, and I've enjoyed this very much. So this is a great example of what Twitter allows. Thank you so much. You're very kind, and that means a lot to me. And let's try to find also more about this because it can help us both break free from, from the shackles <laughs> of Twitter. So yes, that's a really enticing reason. The great people you might feel, uh, you might meet 
And it feels like without that, there'll be a lower quality of life or like you said, less opportunity. And it's very true. So why Twitter? Because it presents opportunities, opportunities in terms of finding people and interacting with them that you wouldn't otherwise have found or met or interacted with. Is this correct? Yeah. And okay, before you met such people, how was your life? Was your life truly more limited? Or let's discover whether it's actually an illusion that those people Mm -hmm. truly change your life. So two things. One, yes, you spoke with great people. But realistically, did that change your life in a real way? And second, did other people who you met maybe in your, at your university or work, did you meet people who changed your life in the same way and therefore you didn't need Twitter? Can we explore this a bit more? Sure. I mean, absolutely. Twitter, I mean, I think you could probably attribute most things in, in some way or another because that's just a form of moral dumbfounding. But I think so. That, that I definitely think that Twitter did change my life in the sense that About a year ago, I also tried to go freelancing and it didn't really work out. And that was difficult for me because, uh, like you said in the intro, I'd been a director of education before and I thought I could certainly do some freelancing on the side or as my my full-time job, but I, I simply wasn't able to. And then the coronavirus came around. So I decided to get back on a day job. Now, in retrospect, Part of the problem of not, me not being able to, to start freelancing successfully is that I didn't really know what I wanted to do, didn't know how I wanted to do that or with whom I wanted to do that. I had a little bit of an idea of why I wanted to do it, but it wasn't very clear to me still. Now, fast forward a year and we're, and it's, and it's today, and I am feeling far more confident than I did a year ago about my freelancing ventures. And that's partially because of Twitter. I started doing Twitter uh, in May last last year, which is about uh, eight months ago or 10 months ago, sorry. And in the beginning, I didn't really understand it. I didn't really find it a lot of fun. Uh, I mostly noticed the, the, the mental health, uh, the negative impact it had on my mental health. But after a little while, I, c- I started connecting with people and I found that networking on Twitter was quite easy. And... I connected with some really interesting people. I learned a lot and I felt really welcomed in the no-code community. Now, over time, those interactions compounded and my, so did my knowledge. And this has come eventually to the point where I am today. And it's just increased my confidence in my ability to go freelancing, but also in my ability to network and find new interesting people to do projects with, to work together with, or um, yeah, do, do things like that. So... The short answer is, yes, I do think Twitter has had a profound impact in my life in that sense. Thank you. So what I'm hearing is this. In May, when you were at BIT and wanted to do something to the a freelance side work, you didn't know what you were going to freelance on, so there was no clarity. You didn't enjoy Twitter that much, and therefore you it didn't take off your ability to freelance, but a year later, because you are able to network much better, to learn how to network much better, to meet people who can open doors and opportunities for you. Now that you left your job, you know and you have confidence that you will find great freelance work because of Twitter and the people you met there, as well as keep meeting great people who will open more doors and allow more opportunities into your life is this correct yeah exactly that's it and two things now we have to go before we speak about the negatives of twitter imagine you as a freelancer from a year ago and maybe there is a freelancer listening right now what three pieces of advice about twitter would you give to the Luke of May 2020 that if you knew then, you would have a much better experience, more success, whether it comes to networking or opportunities, that will be great advice to share. Mm. I think first things first would just to be consistent. I noticed that Twitter, uh, well, if we're speaking about growing your Twitter audience, then consistency is, has been one of the key ingredients for me. 
it's also just to not spend too much time on it <laughs> honestly i mean i love to uh, i think it's great to find a proper balance between spending time on twitter that's actually useful and then staying off of it when it's not really contributing much to uh, the networking or the interacting part of things because I, I, you could see Twitter as having a toll on your mental health and then increasing usage is going to increase the toll and then at a certain point it's just not going to be worth it anymore but I, I think we've hammered enough about that side so those are two pieces of um, of advice and then the third piece of advice would be to, to just keep showing up at uh, events that are organized in some way through through Twitter. I, I think I already did this relatively well, but I would just reinforce that. Uh, in the same sense that Twitter has played a role in my in the projects that I'm working on as a freelancer today, I think my showing up at certain events, things like the 100 Days of No Code Demo Day or the Expert AMAs, it's just such a, an, a powerful way to make a lasting impression on some of the speakers there. I mean, you you obviously it's awesome to get to pick their thoughts and have attend a presentation of theirs but then to also be able to ask questions afterwards and ask really clever questions um yeah that's just an amazing opportunity one that i would just affirm myself to uh to take seriously thank you so it's about consistency on twitter realizing where as in economics they call where the marginal cost exceeds the marginal revenue or the benefits become lower than the cost, the mental health of Twitter and stopping then, as well as attending events, whether AMAs, demo days, or 100 days of no code. And of course, learning and connecting. But when you ask clever questions that leave an impression on the speakers, that's a great way to network and get your name remembered and known is this correct yeah that sounds about right and i will ask you a bit about clubhouse not as uh, clubhouse itself which seems to be the next thing when it comes to tech networking but mm. that attitude of if you're not using clubhouse you will not benefit or see the messages which me means imagine twitter but imagine when you're not using it nobody will see your messages you have to be there for you to see people's tweets and for you to yep. tweet which means you'll be even more addicted and your mental health will be even worse because when it comes for example to clubhouse you cannot really scan easily the content of the message you have to listen which means even more time and attention is stolen or as they say, the price of Twitter is your attention. <laughs> Not really. It's the price of information. <laughs> the price of information is the attention of uh, the person. You, we are paying. I believe, like they say, we have a limited store of willpower every day, so we should use it. Yeah. I believe we have limited store of attention every day. And if we don't use it on deep work, if it goes into that switching from one thing to one thing, we don't have attention to give anymore and attention is the most valuable resource for us to build our life and our future which is really complicated but okay to make sure imagine this world where luke didn't join any social media and from may until today you did deep work for like four hours every day or the luke he found a way to have an okay mental health, but he spent 10 hours on Twitter every day. Which Luke <laughs> would you prefer to be? Wow. Mm. That's a difficult question. I think I would probably... Um, I, would go for, I would go for the deep work. Yeah. Because knowing that Twitter isn't going to make me unhappy does not outweigh how happy doing deep work for a couple of hours a day would make me. I, I sure have had a couple of hours of deep work here and there. Um, I usually work in, in flows. So every couple of weeks or months, I'll, I'll be in a great flow state and it'll last for a couple of weeks. And then I'll just have a, a, a month or, or whatever that, that's a bit less productive and, and a bit more distracted. 
having a consistent flow state well i mean what would be keeping me from spending that on twitter too <laughs> um i i think i'd go for the flow state that would probably make me a lot happier than than using twitter even though it wouldn't even though twitter wouldn't detract from my mental health spending in spending it in flow state uh, or deep work would make me happier nice so i have a question that maybe is like something that will give us an insight right here okay if you had a year of daily deep work and you felt flow every day would your ability to network more efficiently to leave a lasting impression that is stronger would it be much more than spending more time tweeting and interacting on Twitter, just the person that you'd be, would that person be more valuable to be networked with? Would that person have bigger opportunities than not? I'm tempted to say yes, because uh, a year spent doing doing flow work or, or deep work, sorry, that generates just so much more insight and progress and skill and knowledge. So a person who does that is probably far more interesting to network with or to answer questions or to ask questions. So yeah, I would go for that. And what could be stopping you today from doing that and making Twitter maybe like a weekend thing where maybe you can write using your deep work some great content or make some great audios or videos or something like that and just release them on Twitter and interact for three hours in the weekend with more impact, what could be stopping you from rebalancing the ratio into like a ton of deep work and a little of high impact Twitter? The Twitter algorithm probably. Uh, <laughs> I, I know what you mean, but <laughs> since you already have you already have a baseline, because there is something, yes, the Twitter algorithm will hate you, but if the content is so good that each person who sees it will like and retweet, then it will you will beat the algorithm if there is anything. <laughs> or like someone I heard says, I love this. He said human relationships beat algorithms every time, which is true. If you have like mm. 10 people who believe in you, who trust you, who look forward to your content, who if they don't see your tweets, they will open your profile and look, oh, did Luke do something new? That is much more valuable. Because I remember even Gary Vee, he said a long time ago when he had like 5,000 followers, there was high engagement. And if he recommended someone, like he said, oh, go follow this person that person will have like 3,000 new followers in an instant. Wow. While now, where he has a lot more followers, he said, if I say go follow this person, if 500 people go, uh, that's a lucky <laughs> thing because of two things, the algorithm as well as people now follow, but they're not as committed or engaged or believing in the person. They just yeah. follow a thousand people. Uh, 99.99% of them, they don't even care about that person if they say something like, okay, cool, moving on to the next slot machine. (laughs) (laughs) Move in in there. What are your thoughts on this? And do you believe really, is it possible? Because I had from No Code Founders, the founder of No Code Founders, who said Mm -hmm. he had 10 relationships in his life that truly until today change everything for him and give him all the opportunities. So he goes for deep relationship with few people rather than followers, etc. Do you believe that way is possible, realistic? And if so, how to go about it from all the experience you had in order to have need less time to follow and be engaged with less people and have more opportunity for deep work and still get opportunities? Mm. Yeah, well, I I think I agree with that. I mean, if I if I look to my own network right now and uh, see who I spend most time with professionally, then yeah, that is about ten people, or maybe a bit less. Even there is a couple of people that I spend m- most of my time with, and they are responsible for 
a great deal of the success that I experience. So I, I agree. I think it makes sense to invest in a handful of relationships or maybe two handful of relationships and just prioritize those above all else. I do think there is another aspect though that is valuable about Twitter and that's being able to help people on a, on a big scale. So what I've been doing recently is I've been sharing uh, no-code tool lists where where I, I've I've collected a lot of no-code tools and I've been sharing the, the top 20 for, for each of the categories that I've found. So things like uh, the top 20 AI slash machine learning no-code tools or the top 20 app, app builders or the top 20 automation tools. And... Um, of course, there are, there are ways to be far more helpful than this, but this is just a, the start of uh, of me trying to really help people, uh, in, in this case, make the right choice about a, a technical tool that they're looking to use or find the best tool for their use case. So Twitter does allow people to reach a, a massive scale quite easily and help help people perhaps in a meaningful way. Uh, with relatively little effort. So I think it's it's good to find a proper balance between finding about 10 or less people and investing really in those relationships, but that at the same time, finding a way to be able to use a platform like Twitter to help people on a bigger scale. Great. And now I'm thinking about something. So let me verify it. When you go check Twitter, what do you check more or first? Is it the notifications to see what happened or is it you go to people that you follow and like and interact and comment on their tweets? Or what seems to be the activity you spend most time doing? I probably spend a fair amount of time in my messages. I do have a an extension that, um, that changes the way my Twitter looks. So I don't see any notifications in, in Twitter directly. I have to click on the on the notifications and the, the the messages to see what what happens inside there, and I don't really use Twitter very interactively. I, I like to chat with people, but I don't really like to reply on on other people's tweets. So that the algorithm is probably punishing me for that. Uh, <laughs> but um, I, I I do try to chat with people if if they feel like chatting with me or, or vice versa. So that's probably where I spend a good deal of my time in Twitter. Thank you. And could that be replaced by maybe once a week doing some AMA or a live stream or something like that, where instead of doing that messages, uh, checking the messages and moving from one to one, which creates that distracted feeling, you can batch them together into a place and a possibility to get the same benefit without the mental health negative effects. Yeah, I think so. I think people are probably already doing this. I uh, think some people are calling it masterminds and, and, and stuff like that. I think it's probably a good idea to, to do something like that. And let's go a bit deeper. You said opportunities, and of course, the opportunities, they came from those other people. Well, what is stopping you from being that node in the system that you generate the opportunities and the people, they come to you to be better and to grow and to be involved in those opportunities, which gives you more possibility for deep work and less need to look for that shiny object that could be found in any message that you might find. Wow. I don't think I know, honestly. Great. And now let's go a bit deeper because this is so cool. Okay. Imagine you had all the money in the world and you solved world peace problems and um, cancer and coronavirus and the world is living in harmony and happiness <laughs> and the weather was perfect and your family is perfect and everyone you love is like the best ever possible and you can design your perfect day to do anything you wish. Everything will work out perfectly and fine, and you just do what you truly love, what makes your heart happy. And you can wake up anytime, so you don't need to say, uh, I will wake up at five because I'm so productive. 
you can be productive waking up at any hour of the day. What would you do first? What would you do second? How would you design that masterpiece day that will give you the true fulfillment of living life in the way you wish on your terms? Well, I think most important to me are my relationships. So I would I would hope this state of being, this feeling that I could share that with with my close ones, or ultimately the entire world, of course. But um, let's 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 go for my close ones first. <laughs> I would be I would love to share some of my time with them, with my parents, with my best friends, and I would probably spend some of my time doing some creative work. I love doing just silly projects, creating things, philosophizing with my best friend, creating songs or music with with some other friends of mine. It's very interesting that when you ask me this question, I actually tend not to think about the things that I could achieve professionally, but I tend to go look for things in my personal life because I do understand, or at least to me, those feel like ultimately more important than than having uh, certain professional achievements. Yes, which is a very important thing to notice. So why not live every day like that? Well, I do think that you need a certain amount of resources to be able to do that. And money is probably the biggest one. And then, uh, well, actually, money might actually not even be the biggest obstacle to be able to do such a thing, I think the biggest obstacle here is to have your close ones be able to rearrange their life in a way that uh, is compatible with with this worldview that I just described. But then again, probably money is the thing that keeps them from doing that. So I've, I view money as a resource that just enables freedom. So that's probably why we, why we need to do work and 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 generate income, and so that we can better choose how we can spend our time when not generating or earning income freedom does twitter really give you freedom uh, <laughs> well if you state it like that no it doesn't really <laughs> and you mentioned relationships and time with closed uh, close friends and loved ones well is really spending time messaging with people, truly creating the same level and satisfaction of relationships that comes from spending time and philosophizing and doing creative work and time with people? Or is it like those empty calories that might look healthy, but it's uh, it has no nutritional benefits like a hot dog? <laughs> well, I think part of Twitter is that yes, I mean part of part of Twitter is just sugar water or the 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 empty hot dogs, but other parts of Twitter isn't. I mean, for example, this conversation once again, this this came through Twitter, and this has been great. I uh, I've, I've been really enjoying myself, and this has been valuable. So this comes from Twitter too, and I think the power from Twitter or is learning how to use it properly and learning how to optimize for the kinds of experience the kinds of experiences that you and I are currently having and then reducing the empty calories the sugar water and the hot dog of twitter thank you very much you're absolutely really kind and to help you even further is it possible maybe to use twitter as a gateway for you to have more of Zoom calls or audio calls, because I noticed that those don't really mess up the mental health as much as messaging, etc. I don't know, right. it's a switching from message to message and from thread to thread that does something to the brain that is not nice. Is it possible for you to use Twitter just like as a conversational beginner and always move into a more intimate, if we might say, form of interaction that truly increases relationship and reduces the mental health? Or what are other ways you said to use Twitter properly in moderation without drinking the Kool-Aid or the sugar water? Yeah, well, I think uh, to me, automating Twitter is 
one of the most important things because it seems like a relatively effective way to combat the the, algor the algorithm or the, the slot machine effect. So automating it in a way that will help you uh, exploit the algorithm and thus be able to use Twitter in a way that better supports mental health or even improves the opportunities or increases the opportunities and improves, uh, improves your enjoyment out of Twitter. I think that's probably a, a big part in here. Uh, but then also I was thinking, uh, since I quit my job last month, I was, I was thinking of doing a, a tweet where I simply invite people to take a, to pick a 15 minute slot in my calendar. Cause I, I have a lot more time now than I did when I did have a day job. Um, so I was thinking of just opening up my calendar and uh, asking my Twitter followers to pick a pick a fifteen minute slot with me and and see what comes from that. I mean, that seems like a pretty pretty decent way to connect with people. And it's much much more personal than Twitter because if you think about it, and there is even a theory to this, the least intimate way to connect with people is text, and then a higher is audio, and then video is higher than that, and in person is the highest. And you cannot replace one by the other. For example, us having this conversation in audio, it's a lot more human and heart to heart than we could have done with like a month through texting or messaging, which, is, <laughs> which means it's true. That's a great way to open your calendar and connect with people. And even you might have themes for each week. Maybe, ah, okay, uh, this week is for people building in public. If, if you wish to, or this week is for founders, this week is for other freelancers who want to speak about freelancing. Or you can just open because I notice, yes, that's great. But if you keep switching topics every 15 minutes, that is also not so great for your mental health. Just so that you know, if one 15 minutes you're speaking about freelancing, well, the next 15 minutes about Twitter and then about life in Holland and then about the creative and music stuff. And then well, I am an extrovert, like, so I, I, I could take my chances. <laughs> okay. And to, since we spoke a lot about Twitter, and we went into too many different directions for someone. Let's say someone out there is struggling with Twitter. They feel like prisoners of Twitter. <laughs> they cannot escape and would like your advice or help for how to use Twitter uh, well in a kind of three-step or five-step formula to make it very easy to remember because people who use Twitter a lot, they have... Um, the bra their brain is too distracted to remember very complicated. Uh, <laughs> or, no, it happens to all I, of us. I can, I can write so them a just, tweet thread if you'd like. <laughs> yeah, yes, just mention the beginning of it here and then you can write a tweet thread, yes. <laughs> which is funny. It's like how to escape from Twitter inside Twitter. Here are five like, steps. From yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, please no, share I, what kind of will... advice would be great. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so... I think with advice, it's always uh, tailored to a certain type of person. So the advice that I'm giving right now is probably not meant for everyone, but it's probably meant for people like me. And people like me, as you'd mentioned in the intro, I I like I'm a I'm a structured and analytical person, so I like collecting and structuring things, which is why I have decided to collect so many no-code tools. Now this is to me an easy step. Uh, to to improve your Twitter game because it allows for a couple of things. So you find something that you're interested in and that you can start to collect. Probably you have already collected many things in your life that uh, are interesting enough for you to share on Twitter. Now it's important that you find some metadata on these things. So I could have collected no-code tools, just the names of these no-code tools, but that wouldn't have been very interesting because I don't really know much about them. So I've uh, arbitrarily at first, but I've, I've started categorizing them. I also have a description and I have a link to the website, but then I also started collecting some Twitter data. So their Twitter handle, then their followers, and the moment that they uh, that, that, that the company was founded or the date that the company was founded. And I'm, and I'm starting to collect some investment data on these tools as well. Now, because I enjoy doing this, uh, it's fine. 
and this means that I have a data set that I can curate and I have enough statistics or interesting statistics or data that I can share through Twitter and it can be relatively automated. So this allows me to simply share a, an interesting fact or, or help people find the right tool, do some interesting things using this data set on a relatively automated basis. So I, I get to minimize my time uh, spent on Twitter I get to help people while doing that. And I get to do that by collecting uh, tools or, or things that I'm interested in. So that would be my well, sort of like three, four, maybe five step plan to, to get more out of Twitter in, in less time. And that sounds to me like the more deep work you do, the more you have interesting things to share on Twitter. <laughs> Is that exactly. correct? Yeah, yeah, definitely. So spending more time on Twitter is reducing what your what is available for you to contribute that will be interesting and meaningful and therefore it's a balance as they always say that the human the deepest human dilemma is either to explore more or to exploit what you have which is that either to go on twitter and grow more or to take time to become a person who is worthy of knowing through the deep work and it's not it's a delicate balance yeah. well thank you so much luke if people want to message you on twitter <laughs> <laughs> or, or to connect with you in any way that is good for you or to get those 15 minute sweet spots that they will uh, connect with you with where should they go Twitter is probably, unsurprisingly, the best place to do this. And my Twitter handle is nocodeluke. And that's a Luke with an L-U-C. I will make sure to write it in the description. Thank you, Luke. It was my pleasure, my honor, and my privilege. And I wish you a great day without Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> well, I sure won't be using Twitter for the rest of the day, hopefully. But I will thank you as well, Abdulaziz. I've enjoyed this conversation very much and uh, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to more episodes. Mm -hmm.